touchdown. Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that time, George. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And, uh, well, the Chiefs won the AFC Divisional game. Um, but I wouldn't say that I feel good or settled or confident or anything uh, heading into AFC championship game week. Um, just a weird, weird playoff game. Probably the weirdest one I can remember um, in recent years for the chiefs. Um, you know, I mean, just, just what are your takeaways? I mean, the, the chiefs won 27, 20, but you know, with Patrick Mahomes injury and the way the defense, I mean, they didn't play terrible. Um, I mean, they only gave up 20, um, but they're, it wasn't a dominant performance like you might have hoped to see um, against the Jaguars. So just what are your initial thoughts uh, after what we witnessed in the AFC divisional round? Yeah. I mean, it, it was a lot like the chiefs Cleveland Browns divisional game last time that the chiefs played them. I mean, Chiefs were up 19 to three, whatever. I mean, Mahomes had the, uh, he had the turf toe after Kelsey's touchdown when they went up 14, three at that point, if I remember correctly. And then whenever Mahomes got, choked out or whatever. That's when you, you didn't know how things were going to go. And Daniel Sorensen had that big play that uh, knocked the ball out before the end zone. So, I mean, that was when the Chiefs were trying to make their way back to the Super Bowl before they ended up, you know, beating the Bills in the in the AFC Conference Championship and playing the Bucs and losing there while Mahomes yeah. played on, you know, a turf toe. <laughs> played through that. Um, so, Mahomes... Uh, Ankle and foot situation two of the past three years has been less than ideal in the divisional round. Um, yeah, and I mean, just like, I mean, that had so much to do with it. That took so much wind out of the offensive sail. And I mean, the sad, what's up? Yeah, it took, took the wind out of all of Arrowhead Stadium, man. Like, I mean, that place got as quiet as you, as it ever gets on game day. Um, when, when everyone realized that Mahomes was hobbling around, they took the time out and, you know, um, he's in, he's out. Then he, you know, then he's out again. Then he heads to the locker room. Like, um, that, that place was on pins and needles there for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, cause the, like the, the first concerns you have when you're thinking about that and you see the way that his leg bent whenever Arden key, uh, whenever Arden back, <laughs> well, when Arden key, I mean, uh, the way that Arden key did that, and how he one he had helmet to helmet contact with Mahomes, which didn't get called. Um, where he he took the crown of his helmet and put it into Mahomes uh, side of Mahomes' helmet, and then on top of it, like he initially started to make the tackle, but then he just kind of dropped to the ground. And I I personally wonder if he was trying to, you know, catch a leg or something there. Maybe if something bent, then hey, it was all it was even better than getting a sack in the game. Cause it just, it, it just, you know, it, 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 looked, it looked like he climbed his back, then let go. And, and it was essentially the same thing that happens in a horse collar tackle. A lot of times, um, you know, or you see this, that kind of injury happen to offensive linemen who get rolled up on from behind, um, in situations like that from time to time. Um, you know, I, I can't say it was a dirty play, um, but I can understand why a defensive player would try to make, try to render Mahomes unable to continue to play in a football game. 
Yeah, and and on top of it, just the way Mahomes' leg bent there, and the way the ankle bent. I mean, you didn't at the time. You didn't know. You're like, man, is that is that an ankle? Is that a foot? Is that a knee? Like you, you're just you got a ton racing through your head when you're hot when you see a guy hobbling like that immediately, and then the pain that Mahomes was. So I mean, it, you know, right there, you, you're like, oh man, is this gonna is this gonna cost them that run? They did all this stuff, went through this whole season, went through that whole off season. And it comes down to this moment and somebody's inability to be able to continue on their block is the reason that, you know, this is all going to come to an end. So, who, like, you know, who couldn't keep who couldn't maintain their block, Nick? See, here's the thing. And people want to argue with me on Twitter about it. So I'm going to go on my rant now about it. And it's fine. Look, I'm not I'm not upset with Orlando in some regard because he is who he is. Like, this is the, this is where his skill sets at. But, like, I mean, there's a reason Mahomes kind of moves around the pocket the way he does, because as soon as he can't see Orlando and his guy anymore, he's going to move. Like, that's what he's going to do. And, and he's either going to be able to see him or he's going to move up in a spot to where he <laughs> he can have, buy himself a little bit of time. Like, that's that's been all year. And so you need a mobile Mahomes to make that happen. And, I mean, the thing is, once it gets to a certain corner, Orlando doesn't have the foot quickness to be able to maintain that and continue to ride that dude out. And, you know, and then so the guy was able to loop around, Arden Key was able to loop around and cause Mahomes a, a lot of problems. Yeah, and we've also seen it where, you know, he, he gets pushed too far upfield and then guys come back. I mean, guys have figured out that when they get upfield, Mahomes tends to push up in the pocket and try to escape. Um, and so guys have been aware of that. Um, I yeah, and we'll get more into this during the offseason, what what they can do, what they should do there at left tackle. Um I, you know, because I think their options are going to be pretty limited. But but obviously, I mean, that was the moment that defined that game um was the Mahomes injury. Um were you surprised that he stayed in for the rest of that drive before they got the field goal and they didn't immediately take him out to get evaluated? I think they trusted him. With what he's telling me, he said, no, I'm fine. I can continue. It's, you know, I'm sure he said something along those lines. I, I'm speculating. I, I mean, I think they, the cameras caught some of that. And I, I believe that he was emphatic that he did not intend to <laughs> exit the game voluntarily. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but you, you knew when you saw the handoff and the stretch runs they were doing like that, it, it wasn't going well and it needed to be checked out pretty quick to get x-rays done, make sure nothing's broken. If, and if they could do an MRI right then, like depending on where the swelling was and everything, then you want to get that done before that swelling was going to get worse and worse and worse throughout the game. So, I mean, those are the things when it's on site like that, you want to get those done as quickly as you can to get the answers you want. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if MRI can be done that day, if it's going to be done a different day. So, I mean, I'm not an expert in that medical field, but like those things are what, you know, that you need to get answers on right then and there because you're not just looking for, the next series or the Super Bowl run, you want him to be able to be good for the next decade, you know, be able to right. be able to perform, be able to kind of help the franchise and be able to walk normal and have a normal life as well. So, I mean, that's one of those times where like, it's, it's bigger than bigger than this game. And then, then that series, but I, one thing I will say I was very disappointed in was how many times they kept running that stretch run that was aggravating and hurting him more and more. You know, or you could tell he'd hobble sometimes because of it. And like, they just kept running. I'm like, look, I know it's in the playbook, but you got to stop. Like, don't, don't keep putting him in that situation. I will say this. Um, I mean, when he, when he 
came back, had his shoes off, and was at his locker before he went to do his post-game interview, and media was allowed in the locker room. There didn't look to seem to be a lot of swelling in that right ankle. Um, I mean, it did not look, you know, a lot of times when you see a guy with a high ankle sprain, that kind of thing, you know, it'll look like a, a grapefruit, you know, kind of swells up on the side. And that doesn't mean that it won't happen after the game because they kept that uh, pretty well compressed um, over overnight. And I think they're going to, but he wasn't in a walking boot. Like uh, a lot of times the things that you see as precautions, you know, that, um, you know, in situations like that, where it ends up being a four to six week injury for guys, um, there were not many signs of that, if any, um, post game for Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, so that's a good sign, I think, in terms of um, his availability for next week. But the question is going to be, are you getting, you know, 90 percent, 80 percent, 70 percent of Mahomes? Because I think his mobility is going to be much more important against the Bengals or the Bills than ultimately it was against the uh, a Jaguars team that just frankly is in the class of those three teams. Um, you know, I, I do want to mention Chad Henney real quick. I mean, look, we saw, you know, he went six of eight, 66 yards interception um, and had that huge fourth and one play two years ago in the Cleveland divisional game, right? His only other postseason experience. He was five of seven for 23 yards in this one, but, um, you know, that 98 yard touchdown drive, um, including the one yard touchdown to, to Kelsey, I, I think, uh, Isaiah Pacheco's contribution gets, gets overlooked a little bit, um, on that drive. He had 49 yards, but hard not to be impressed with, with, uh, Chad Henney. Did you think, um, playoff Henney had it playoff Chad had it in him again to do something like that? Well, thankfully I haven't had to watch him perform. Uh, that often other than preseason. So, you know, that I, it, it was going to be whatever it was going to be at that point. So like, I mean, you know, like it, I, did I have expectations? No. I mean, look, I mean, I knew where his wheelhouse is. It's going to be within 15 yards. You're just hoping the Jaguars aren't really driving on those routes and kind of give him some room to work and everything. And, you know, that was going to be a part of that aspect of it. I mean, with Mahomes going back to the Mahomes part of it, like, the reality is going forward, like they're not, I just don't think he's going to be able to be mobile. I don't think he's going to be able to run around and, and take those chances. And that's going to hurt part of that offense potentially in the, in the week ahead. And like, I, there was, uh, thankfully he tried to run once and then he realized, yeah, I should probably shouldn't do that anymore. Cause it started aggravating it again. And, and then he's like, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that anymore. And then he finally didn't. And he was willing to play for another down and be a pocket passer quarterback versus trying to, you know, move around and create and all that type of stuff. Honestly, what they really missed today was the speed from, you know, from a guy who used to be number 10. Like if they had that type of speed, like you, you know, Henny or whoever, that slant could have turned into an 80 yard touchdown at any moment. They just they missed speed on the field to be able to pick up and lift up Mahomes. Now don't get me wrong, Kelsey did his part, Pacheco did what he could. And unfortunately Jarek McKinnon had to stay in and help block a lot more when Mahomes came back in. And so that was sacrificed a part of their check down offense where they could get him in the flats, get him in screens and everything. And the Chiefs probably decided with the screen pass, they just weren't going to put Mahomes in that situation with that ankle. So there's some stuff they probably had to throw out. And, yeah. you know, some of that play action pass stuff they had to throw out once that happened. So, I mean, you know, there may be some stuff in their playbook going forward that 
they just can't do for a while. And this is where the offensive line is going to have to step up and the run game is going to have to step up and they may have to carry this team at various points. Yeah. I tell you what, um, whether I'm Buffalo or whether I'm Cincinnati after watching Travis Kelsey um, get targeted 17 times and make 14 catches. Um, I'm, I'm making anyone else on that offense beat me. I'm making Marquez Valdez Scantling and Noah Gray and Juju Smith Schuster step up, um, you know, uh, and I'm willing to say, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll risk Kadarius Tony, you know, having eight catches for 120 yards because I don't think they can win if that's if if he's there if if that's what they get. Um, how, how much? I mean, does it concern you how much they were they relied on Travis Kelsey, or do you, um, you know, I mean, do you think that that's sustainable moving forward? Here's the reality, man. They've got what they've got on the roster at this point. Yeah. So I mean, like, I can't get concerned about you know if you've only got you know if you've only got three things in the cupboard and you're like, well, that's what I got to go with. And I'm not, that's not me trying to be mean about Kelsey. Like I'm just saying, like, I mean, the roster is where, where it's at right now. You're not making any upgrades until the off season on it. And you're going to have to add a lot more speed to that offense in case something like this happened. You got to make sure that blind side's protected um, up to the level that it needs to be. So, I mean, like, you know, the, you're just going to have to grit your teeth and try to get through it. Hope it's enough to be able to get back to win an AFC championship and potentially a Super Bowl. But I mean, you know, who knows what's going to happen within within a week's time where that ankle will be at for Mahomes? Do I think Mahomes is going to play in the AFC championship? Yeah, I think he's going to play in the AFC championship. But anything they can do to rest it this week, and even if it means him not practicing a ton, yeah, that may be what they have to do if that's what's going to give them the best road to win. Yeah, I. I think it helps that they played on Saturday and they played the early game. Um, it gives them an extra day, almost day and a half because you know, it'll be a little, I mean, it's two hour later start time, uh, next Sunday, but, but the schedule played to their favor. Um, I, I mean, you know, you talked about the speed. I mean, you know, if McCall Hardman can ever come back, maybe that helps or at least creates the threat, but certainly yeah. there's no, there's no reason to, it's hard to be optimistic. <laughs> that's going to happen at this point. Um, you know, otherwise I, I feel like they, you would have seen it, but um, you know, if he can get back on the field, that's a big benefit uh, as well. Um, I do worry. Um, we, as we sit here to tonight, um, don't know what, you know, the outcome of the bills Bengals game. I do worry a lot more if it's the bills um, and they've got to go play on turf inside um, about how that impacts, um, you know, McCole Hardman or a Patrick Mahomes coming back, you know, dealing with an injury or trying to come back from an injury than I would on, you know, a natural grass playing surface. Like you've got out at Arrowhead. Um, I mean, that, that's one more reason I think I, you know, if you're a Chiefs fan, you should be hoping the Bengals pull it out. I mean, it's half a, half a one doesn't any other for me, but like, I mean, what it's going to be, you know, in terms of whether it's the Bengals or bills. Cause I mean, with the bills, look, I mean, the thing about the bills, I'll tell you right now is with Josh Allen, the biggest problem, I think the biggest thing is you can rattle him. I think you can, you can rattle him more than Burrow. And the reason I say that is because you have to bring a corner off the edge or safety off the edge, somebody he sees screaming at him on a blitz 
that's a that's a different defensive back and like he gets rattled he gets happy feet and he didn't have to be hit he's got to feel that presence and then he he'll be high and wide on a couple throws he'll miss guys on the second third level and he'll you know he'll take the check down and he may not be accurate on that one and then it takes a couple plays especially with the run game to get him reset and then you know you kind of have you you know kind of reboots and then they're able to go from there but you know, with Joe Burrow before the three offensive line injuries, Joe Burrow was a guy that like, he didn't get phased, didn't get rattled. He just, he he reset every single play and forgot everything that happened, but having three offensive linemen hurt and playing the bills, I don't know how that's going to turn out for him. I I don't know because he was a lot more cautious against the Ravens than I expected him to be after Jonah Williams, you know, left that game. So it, you know, like, I, I don't know how it's going to shake out. If he had his full offensive line, like, dude, Bengals, they're winning tomorrow. Or, you know, they're winning on Sunday. They're coming to Arrowhead. Chiefs can get a chance to get their revenge. Like, all that type of stuff. But I I don't know. With, with three starting offensive linemen hurt, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Well, you, I mean, you saw the impact of the on the Chiefs when they had their two tackles hurt in Super Bowl 55 against Tampa Bay, right? I mean, we, you mentioned that, that bills, uh, you know, AFC championship game a couple of years ago. Um, and you know, and, and Eric Fisher gets hurt in that game. Mitchell Schwartz was already out. Um, you know, things kind of fell apart. Um, and the chiefs were, were non, were, were not able to be competitive. Yeah. The bills, they don't have Von Miller either, who was a big part of their pass rush, um, and made an impact in that week six game when the bills beat the chiefs. Um, you know, so like you said, six and one half does the other. I think the Bills are, are uh, a better matchup for the Chiefs, but I think you'd rather play at home for a variety of reasons, obviously. Um, so, um, you know, we'll see how that shakes out. Um, and I would say one, you- one of those additionally is not having Mahomes set to fly on the plane. Right. Well, and just, you know, just home crowd, you know, um, you know, and just, yeah. I mean, because when you got to travel, there's only so much you can minimize. I mean, you know, Patrick having to get through airports and, you know, get on tarmacs and walk up and down, you know, planes. There's, um, you know, there's more you can do if he's just got to get to get to his car and get out to Arrowhead, you know, um, get into the, the locker room. Um, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to Hartsfield Jackson, but it is, uh, it is, uh, um, not for the faint of heart, depending, you know, (laughs) trying to get around that airport. Um, Although the Chiefs probably have a uh, better access than, than I do, I was about to say, Todd. I was like, <laughs> you're making it sound like they're going on a going on a normal vacation, like you're right. Uh, yeah. Don't worry, they got the whole thing situated. And if they need to get one of those little scooters or rascals, they'll get it in a second. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm just. That's still. It's a lot more taxing on him than than driving up from uh, from his home to Arrowhead would be. Um, um, offensively. Um, yeah, I mean, anything else stand out? I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I know there's some fans that were frustrated that you know that Pacheco didn't get more touches when he had been fairly effective and Mahomes was hobbled. But again, like you said with Orlando Brown, like this is who he is. Like you're just gonna have to uh, accept it because it's not changing. Um, I, I think we know who uh, Andy and, and EB are as play callers. <laughs> Um, and I think we just need to accept it because it's probably not changing. Well, and, and another part of it was the, I believe it's Robertson, the defensive tackle. I mean, he he was going to be tough for them to be able to move on a regular basis. 
just because of how strong and stout and powerful he's been playing. Um, this, this go around Robertson Harris, 95, like he's a, he's a big physical guy. And so I, I figured they would have some trouble with him and trying to be able to block him and keep him from making an impact. Yeah. Um, defensively, I, I want to highlight a couple guys. Um, Carlos Dunlap is a guy who signed in training camp. The two goals that he mentioned right off the bat, the reasons he signed with the chiefs, uh, he, he'd get a chance to, to get to his hundred sacks and he wanted to come to a team where he could win a playoff game. Um, and he did that. Um, the one year anniversary of his father's death, he was hit by a car in South Carolina is Monday. Um, it's kind of poetic, um, that the way that things have come together for Carlos Dunlap here. So, uh, big night for him. You gotta be happy for him. I mean, a hundred sacks is, is a heck of a milestone for any pass rusher. 13 years in the league. He went 0 and five with the Bengals and lost his only playoff game with the Seahawks before coming to Kansas city. Um, but when I tried to, when I talked to him about it in the locker room, he, he, he said, he said, man, I don't want just one. He's, you know, he's like, we want to keep this thing going. Um, and then Jalen Watson, I mean, he admitted he didn't have a great game, um, but that one handed interception he had late um, iced it, you know, um, and, and was a big moment. Um, so, you know, kudos to those guys, um, you know, for making plays and coming up big when they needed to um, only two sacks. Um, you know, I mean, Frank Clark and, and Derek Nottie of all people got one. Um, so if you had Derek Nottie getting a, a sack before Chris Jones in the playoffs, congratulations to you. I did would not have uh, put money on that one. Uh, but um, did you see enough from this pass rush to, to feel you know, to feel confident going to the AFC championship game? No, the pass rush for me was underwhelming for a lot of today. I, I know they had a couple of good looks. I think like three or four that I was like, okay, you can build on that. And then they didn't build on it. I mean, yeah. and I thought they had the edge rushers going a lot wider than I expected because it seemed like they really wanted to keep Lawrence contained in the pocket. And so I, I was a little surprised by that. And it, you know, so I mean, they look like they were trying to contain and corral him versus really trying to, really trying to get after him and rattle him. Because I mean, the thing is, when you put him under pressure, if I remember correctly, I think he's got like 15 interceptions this year. And when he got under pressure, he had an interception today that Watson ended up getting when that free blitzer came through. So I mean, you know, there's, there's just, it wasn't the rush that I thought it was going to be. And they can't rush at that. They can't rush that way again next week, no matter which quarterback they're playing and expect to be able to, to get them off the field. So I, I have my concerns personally. Yeah. And then on top of that, they gave up 7.6 yards per carry and 144 yards on the ground. So it's kind of those, one of those situations where it's like, well, if you're not going to rush the quarterback and you're not going to stop the run, what would you say you do here? Um, I don't think that's going to be good enough against the bills or the Bengals. I also think that the chiefs are more familiar with the bills and the Bengals, um, after having played him a lot the last couple of years. So, um, you know, maybe that plays their favor. Um, you know, but I mean, it is how concerning is, is the run defense as well. Um, and the, and the apparent struggles there. It's they're going to have to figure something out next week if they want to get to the Super Bowl. Like I mean, that's that's the reality of it. And I, I mean, we'll we'll see how things shake out. It's just there was a lot, 
a lot of the roster problems we've talked about and some of the some of the scheme issues we've talked about throughout the season, like they all showed up in the playoffs and like they all got magnified at times during the playoffs. That's just the way it's going to go. And no matter who they play from the Bills or Bengals, it's going to show up again next week. And and in some crazy way, the Chiefs having all the close games they did this year prepared them for this moment today. You know, like, I mean, that's the biggest thing of all. Like, because if you remember that one year, they were so used to blowing teams out that they got in a panicky whenever they were going against the Browns in that divisional round a year later because they'd been used to blowing teams out for almost three years. And this year they had to kind of struggle their way through it. And in all honesty, that actually, I think, helped them a lot, be able to, with a lot of the guys, be able to navigate what they did in all those key moments today. Yeah, I think they're much more comfortable. And and I think that the reality is there's no such thing as a perfect roster in the NFL. And and even if you had one, like like the Bills had a a really, really good roster uh, before the season. But injuries take a toll down the stretch. And, and, and there's no way to account for those and, and to build in, you know, the redundant, you can't have two Von Millers on a team, right? Like, I mean, there's just no way to, to have that kind of redundancy. And so by the time you get to this point in the season, there's just no such thing as a perfect NFL roster. I still think, I mean, the, the chiefs won this game fairly comfortably. I mean, even with Mahomes. Gimpy, even with the limitations, even with the lack of production from the wide receivers, even with them having to basically sideline Jarek McKinnon, who'd been one of their biggest weapons the last six weeks um, to keep him in for pass protection, you know, even with the, the inability to generate a pass rush, even with the inability to stop the run, um, it was at the end of the day, a fairly comfortable win for the Chiefs. There's not a time when I was like, oh, I think they're going to blow this one. Even when it got to 20 to 17, you knew that, okay, the Chiefs need to go down and probably need to put this one in the end zone to, to you know, um, you know, kind of put it away. And they did. Um, and then, you know, they got the turnovers late when they needed it. I mean, they they find a way to make plays. Um, you know, like you said, and that's I think that's a credit to to these guys and, and, you know, the fact that they've gotten comfortable being a little bit more uncomfortable as a team at times. Um, but I, I still don't think they were ever – um, uh, concerned or overwhelmed or, um, you know, like you said, like you said, that Browns game, if Chad Henney doesn't make that conversion to Tyree kill, I, I, the Browns go down and put that ball in the end zone. And, and we're the chiefs probably don't, you know, we're not even talking about them having gone to back-to-back Super Bowls because their defense was just not playing well. That game, you don't see that from this team this year. Yeah. Uh, the, like, like we were talking about, they're a little bit more comfortable, being in uncomfortable moments and they've actually trained all year for it, even when they probably didn't mean to. Um, so, I mean, you have that part of it, but on top of it, the the key factor that people may not talk about this week, but we're going to talk about here right now, the benefit of the chiefs having a bye week may really come into play next week, depending on how physical that bills Bengals game gets the chiefs, not having that extra three week of wear and tear, because the Bills and Bengals both had physical games in the wild card round. You expect that divisional round to be a very physical game. And just from a physical and emotional perspective, it may be really taxing by the time either of those teams get to the conference championship. And that may be the needle that the Chiefs need to just get by and get to the Super Bowl. And that, you know, that may be the that may be the factor. And that one seed may end up being the factor that 
punches the Chiefs ticket to the Super Bowl just because they didn't have to have that extra wear and tear. Because I think that's what cost them in that Chiefs Bengals game in the AFC Championship the previous year, having to play that wild card round and not having that extra, extra week, you know, having that week of rest. Well, and that, and then you factor in the, the, you know, three seasons before that uh, as well. Um, and the extra games they'd already played on top of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, it certainly doesn't hurt um, that they had that extra week off. Um, and look, I think it's been an emotion. I mean, it, it's probably been an emotional, you know, few weeks for all NFL players after what DeMar Hamlin went through. But it's actually that that's that's magnified significantly, I think, for the Bills and the Bengals. And I think that kind of stress takes a toll uh, at some point, too. I mean, it's something that they have, you know, had to um, relive, you know, think about all over again as they prepared for this game. Um, It's going to weigh on them. And like you said, this is what we talked about all, you know, coming down the stretch of the season you wanted to do whatever you could to avoid, you know, to be the one of these three teams that didn't have to play, you know, two games in a row uh, among these, you know, what, what I think are the, the only three elite teams in the AFC. Um, And, you know, I mean, no matter who wins next week or who wins on Sunday, I think they're going to be one on one less day's rest um, and significantly more beat up than the Chiefs uh, by the time they get to Atlanta or, you know, if it's back at Arrowhead against the Bengals. Yeah, and 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 here's the other kicker that it worked out in their favor is say the Chiefs had to play one of those teams today or tomorrow with Mahomes' injury like that, hypothetically happening, that, that potentially would have been the end of the season. Then it would have been divisional round would have been over. So, yeah. you know, like, I mean, it – Everything kind of the stars to this point kind of align the way that they did. And you're hoping it gives the Chiefs the advantage to get back there. But what I'm going to say is going to sound weird. And I get it. But for me, right now, getting to as many conference championships as they can consecutively, I think it can really help push the bar for Andy Reid in the Hall, you know, in the Hall of Fame. Well, I mean, he's got five uh, in a row, which is tied with the the Raiders of the 1970s for the second most. Only the 2011 to 2018 New England Patriots, who you might have heard of, um, had a Hall of Fame coach and Hall of Fame quarterback, uh, have been to more. They went to eight straight. Uh, but I feel like I know that stat from somewhere. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was in the record book today um, and stuff like that. But um, look, I mean, it's the Chiefs are in rarefied air already. Um um, but you know, you just, uh, you know, sure. When you get this far, if you're the chiefs, you, you know, you don't want to blow these opportunities. They're, they're hard to, to earn. And so you want to make the most of them when you get those opportunities. So. Yeah. I got nothing else at this point. We'll see how everything works out in the other half of the AFC divisional round and where it goes. Cause I, I honestly, I, I have no idea what way it's going to go. I'm still going to lean Bengals, but if the Bills go out there and win comfortably because the Bengals' offensive line being injured, I, I totally get it too. But either way, I think it's going to be really intriguing to see how the Bills attack the Bengals, and I think it's going to be really intriguing to see how the Bengals attack the Bills because I think Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs can take a lot out of that from watching those two teams play one another. 
Well, and the nice thing is if you're a Chiefs fan, you can rest comfortably knowing that you don't have to play them both. You've only got to play one of them next week, um, you know, and, and that you're already in that game. So, um, Oh, and I want to say this. The, the I want to – this is actually the last thing I'll put out there. The TV broadcast I found really funny when they were talking about Chiefs special teams and some of the phrases that they used about not having core special teamers and having to kind of piece the special teams together. So, I, let me I ask, thought though. that was very fascinating and interesting that that made sure to get put out on a national broadcast ahead of, you know, that everybody was going to see because it was the only game on at that time. So does that, do you think that came from a conversation with, with Dave Tobe, Andy Reed, or um, somebody with the chiefs PR team? <laughs> All I know is that you can clearly tell that the, the, the broadcast took notes in their production meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, Marcus Kemp was a standard elevation. He just didn't, uh, uh, he was not active for the game and he is one of your core special teamers. I don't know what Jack Cochran would be, um, you know, in that situation, but it is what it is. You just hope the special teams don't cost them. I mean, look, Harrison Bucker kicked well. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Townsend held well. Mm -hmm. uh, the kickoff return looked a little leaky. Uh, well, <laughs> but know? I'll tell you, going against a returner like Agnew, that's going to happen. Like, there's two guys that there's two guys I fear returner wise in this league right now. It's Ray Ray McLeod. And it's Agnew. Those two have some burner speed. And if Agnew hits the market at any point, you go snatch him up immediately, Chiefs. You go snatch him up and you get yourself a really speedy returner. I mean, I would say Naheem Hines has has done some work for the Bills the last couple of weeks, too. So I'd put him on that list. I would not. <laughs> well, I mean, um, yeah, he's he's I I don't put anything past this Chiefs special teams. I, may, maybe they're just saving it. Oh, you're talking country. about going against Chiefs. I'm talking about like yeah. putting on a roster. Sorry, no, no, no. I'm, ta I'm talking about. Like, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm already about thinking of who I want on the roster. Okay, no, this I'm is, thinking yeah, about. Having, dude, I'm thinking you about left. I went right. Field. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> I like. I fear pretty much all returns. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, no. That I, that I would totally agree with. I thought we were talking about like who you want to put on your roster, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. No, I'm not saying Adam. I'm just saying, would you be surprised if they face the Bills and he returns one in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium? I would not. So. No, that would not surprise me when you <laughs> phrase it that way. <laughs> Let's hope that that doesn't happen. Maybe maybe the special teams will put it all together uh, finally here in week uh, week 20. I just I uh, think Shane Michelle <laughs> may finally be active next week. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. Um, I got nothing else. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll we'll chat again because we got another game. So uh, we'll talk to y'all later. Take care, kids. <laughs>